This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, ladies and gents, boys and girls. Welcome to the third instalment of the Joe and Chaps Takeover. Back again by popular demand. Joe, good evening, mate. How are you doing? Good evening, Chris. How are you doing, chat to me? Um, I, I wish I was, you know, I'm excited. Of course, I'm excited. I'm always excited to be on, on the show with you and having a good chat about Mill and things we love. But it's just a real sort of gloomy sort of time being a Mill supporter, isn't it? And it shouldn't be. We're, we're bloody sitting pretty in the table. We're still in the playoff position, but it just feels a bit, bit, bit bizarre at the moment, doesn't it? We never make it easy. We never make it easy, do we, mate? And we're, um, we've, uh, we've got a bit of an agenda for, for today's show, everyone, just thought I'd quickly talk you through that so you know what to expect. So first of all, um, before I do that, definitely check out uh, Ben and Stephen's uh, Berman and Blues video that the guys recorded the other night to give you um, a bit of a, a post-match uh, analysis on the Birmingham game. We'll, we'll cover the Birmingham game. We'll just touch on it. Um, that's the first thing we'll do. The second thing we'll do is we'll talk a bit about the lineup that we think we should put out for Wigan, including a bit of a remain essay debate between Joe and I. Uh, and then finally, we'll talk a little bit about the run-in of games we've got between now and the end of the season and what we think we can expect. So they're the sort of three things that we'll we'll cover off today, Joe. Um, but yeah, let's start off, mate. Let's, what, what were your thoughts overall on the Birmingham game? It's, it's, a, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because, you know, when you look at the chances... Okay, they're not what you call clear-cut chances, but there were a few chances there we, we could have scored from. Uh, you think about the chances we created, the determination, the hunger, you know, that the passion the players showed. And there's a lot of effort put in there. You can see that the players wanted it. You can see that we were trying. You know, I think had we lost that game 1-0 and they were all over us and we were we were shit or we weren't really pressing or we weren't really trying hard enough, I'd be a lot more, you know, worried at this stage or a little more angry, really, of our team thinking, why why they, they bottled it? But they didn't. They, they tried. Um, I think you made some great points at your uh, your chat with Chaps in the last the last review done on, on the, uh, the game, whereas we've had so many shots on target over the last how many games? And we've only scored, you know, what, two two goals, I think, over, over that period of time. So uh, what was the stat? Was it 90, 90 shots over, is it four games or five games? We've had over 90, 90 well, shots and, and scored twice, which is just... Yeah. Now, those 90 shots, they weren't all on target, but you like no. to think at least, what, 20 of them will, would be on target at least. 
at the 90 on average. And then to get two goals from that, it's just uh, it's a real, real shame. And I guess, you know, the question mark will, will be raised there is, you know, as good as Bradshaw's been for us this season, he's still our top goal scorer. Is he doing enough? <clears throat> is he good enough at this level? Uh, another question mark is, you know, where's the contribution for the rest of the team? Because it just seems like unless Fleming or, or, or Bradders are scoring, um, there's no one else really that's contributing. And I think when you look at previous sides over the last sort of two or three seasons, even further back with Millwall, you've had the likes of defenders sort of chipping in from set pieces and centre-backs like Coops and Hutchison scoring a few and and whatnot. And even Malone last season, I mean, you know, he scored a few himself. So we're definitely missing goals in, in other areas of, of the team. And I think, you know, teams are sort of like, you know, pretty working us out now. And they realise you stop Fleming, you stop Bradshaw, you stop Millwall. And that's kind of like the, the long short of it, really, you know? Yeah, I, I completely agree, mate. And ultimately, this all boils down to a conversion issue at the top of the pitch, right? We can't convert the chances that we're creating. We're creating enough chances. Mm. I don't like to read too much into like things like XG, but the last two against against Birmingham and Hull, we had an XG of almost three, right. and we hadn't yeah. scored a goal, right? So that means we were expected to yeah. score over two goals in the match. Um, I think that Bradshaw and Fleming did have did have an off day against Birmingham. I don't think they were great, um, but you almost give them that benefit because they have contributed over the season so much. To your point, mm-hmm. others aren't. Others aren't stepping up to the plate. The only centre-half we've got that scored any goals is Cresswell, Hutch, Cooper, yeah. Murray Wallace. They're, they're not contributing. Danny Mack, mm. Murray Wallace from fullbacks in terms of assists, they're not mm. contributing. The mm. two centre midfielders, it might be the way we set up, but not contributing in terms of goals. I mean, you, could, you could always excuse the two, the two DMs, that being Savile yeah. and Mitchell. But what you can't make excuses for is the attacking players. I'm sure we'll touch on that in a, in a moment or two, but when you've got the likes of the three attacking players behind Bradshaw, Fleming included, okay, Fleming does contribute and score, but the other two wide attacking players don't really offer us a lot. I mean, is it is it again? Is it tactics? Is it is it personnel? Is it a lack? Is it a player's ability? Is it confidence? Because on one breath you're thinking, well, defensively, the, the two wide players that uh, get picked to play, which is often Volksammer, uh, Honeyman Williams playing, and now Burke have got a duty of care to track back, haven't they? And I think yeah. Rowett loves that. Yeah. And maybe we don't appreciate that as much, but maybe that's a part of our success as well. The fact that we have got a strong working side that do track back, that do help out defensively. But I guess on, on the flip side of that, it's detrimental to our attacking pattern because they're not giving us as much at the uh, at the other end, are they? Now on the head, mate. And, and this is where, like... I know Rowick comes in for criticism for his style of play and the fact that, you know, he picks the like of likes of Vogel Summer over SA or Watmore or whatever. And I and I totally understand those criticisms. But mm. over the course of the season, it's got us to fifth in the table. Mm. So you, you you can't really argue with that consistency. I I said this on my post match that I genuinely think the group of players we've got are performing to their maximum. They're giving everything. They've got the effort. This group of players, take take position in the table out of it. This group of players in this lineup, I don't think have any right to turn up and roll over Birmingham. No. I really don't. Mm. It's because of 
where we are in the league and our expectations that we now think that. We've got one central striker. One mm. central striker. Even Birmingham have got two or three, you know, Jukovic, Hogan. Mm. Um, and that's why I wanted to make that conversion point, Joe, because I honestly think while some of the business we did in January was okay, the fact that we didn't address that central striker option, we put all our eggs in the basket of Nisbet, it fell through and there was no plan B. And mm. just to have another option and by letting a phobie go, we don't have one. Whether we want to go two up top, whether we want to rotate Bradshaw because if he's out of form, mm. we don't have that. Um, and I think fundamentally, hopefully it doesn't, but that, that for me would be the thing that potentially could cost us. Mm. I think we, we knew back then, didn't we? What you know, what, what we know now, we, we kind of knew that could be the the, the, the problem um, earlier as far as back as then, because you know, not signing a striker, letting a phobie go, um, it, it's not it doesn't make sense, does it really? Um, when we spoke with Rao at that time uh, in the lounge, um, I couldn't help but feel he was almost kind of like not smug, but he's almost like, well, we had money to buy. Nesbitt, whatever it was, and we, had, we had the money there. But don't forget, that money's still there. We still spend it in the summer. So it's almost like his thinking was, I wasn't going to rush or panic buy and buy another striker for the sake of buying one. So he knew, he must have knew back then that we could have a problem by not having the extra striker. But he was, he was still prepared to do that rather than waste that money or even some of that money and buy and bring another striker. I'm sure he could have got someone in last minute. I'm almost certain he could have done if he wanted to. But for, for some reason... He didn't want to do it, rightly or wrongly. Um, it, is, it is a bit of a gamble because, I mean, thankfully, you know, I don't want to sort of jinx it, but Bradshaw has been quite fit. He's been playing. He's been playing regularly each, each game. But you imagine he has one injury. If Bradshaw goes off next game. We are absolutely screwed because what's the, op the options? You've got to play Vogsammer there up front. You've got to play Burke there. Um, which is not Burke's natural position. He's not even really a goal scorer. We can see that quite clearly in, when he gets those goal scoring opportunities. So I don't know whether, whether again it's just that defensive mindset and that, and that precautionary way of the way he thinks. I get the impression he didn't want to spend that money and he wanted to safeguard that money for the summer to then go out and buy another player. Now if it works and we go up or whatever it is and that money's there burning holes pocket, then great. But I just feel that he should have spent that money. I think, you know, it, you, you're risking it by not having any, any strikers. No, you, you're going to let go of a phobia as well. You know, you need, to, you need to buy a player. You need to get, even as a squad player, you just need an option. And he, and he didn't do that. And although it hasn't bitten us on the arse too much, we've still got Bradshaw, he's still fit, he's still playing, he's still scoring now and again. We have got no options. We've got nothing that can come off the bench apart from players that are really wide players like Bennett, Burke, yeah, you know, two players like that that could probably do a job there, but not necessarily be the, the right choice. So it's um, yeah, it's, it's a bit strange, really, isn't it? And um, I, I guess at the moment we've got to be thankful that thankful that that, that Bradshaw's fit and, he, and he's playing because we'd be in a whole heap of trouble right now if he wasn't. We would, mate, and it, and that's that's it. It's the reliance on one striker, and I think um, we've been lucky in the sense that. Let's be honest, our form at the minute is not good. Mm. You know, it isn't. And we're lucky in the sense that there's a lot of other teams that are around us is form that mm. isn't good either. And mm. if that wasn't the case and you 
you almost it's not even worth thinking about but if that wasn't the case we would this would have come back to bit us on the arse already i guess is what i'm saying but because yeah. everyone seems to be sort of like no we don't want the playoffs you have it no we don't want it you have it yeah. um and it just shows you that whether it's nervousness tiredness or the fact that the league is so for the first time in a long time it is so equal mm. and i honestly think that's what it is i think this mm. league for the first time in a long time, other than Burnley, Sheffield United, the top four, which have kind of, if you've seen, there is a bit of a gap. You've shown the quality, haven't they? Yeah. Other than that, I honestly don't think there's much in the teams mm. all the way from us, all the way down to just above the relegation zone. I really mm. don't. And you look at the points gaps, they're smaller than ever. I think mm. that the, the playoff total that you'll need to get in the playoffs this year will be lower than last year. And that's mm. because of how even the league is, you know. Um, mm. So I, I, I think there's an element, there is an element of that. Um, just to touch on your point around uh, Rowett and not wanting to spend the money. I, I've i always sort of thought that Alex Aldridge is in charge of recruitment. So I don't know what Rowett's, I don't know how the process is. In my head, the process is JB and Steve Kavanagh will say, this is the budget. Mm. Rowett will say, I think I need a striker, defender, whatever. And then Aldridge will go, here's a short list of all the players that we want. Mm. And then the negotiations will kind of take place. If that is the case, then would it up, be up to Rowett to decide whether we spend the money or not? I, I, I don't know. I get what you're saying from the conversation mm. that we had. I totally understand that. And he, he definitely did say that the money is mm. still there, which is which is great news. Yeah, but yeah, it's just a weird one. I, I think it is. I think it's down to him. I mean, again, in, in the conversation you had with him, he mentioned about his relationship with JB, you know, and how JB sort of entrusts him to kind of make those decisions and go and buy the players he wants to buy and how he wants to spend the money. You know, even going back as far as the Jed Wallace scenario last season, where JB said to him, Look, it's up to you. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't feel we need to sell him in January to get the money. Let's just keep him. So, money is like that. You know, I think route's been given, you know, if he wants to go out there and buy players. I think it's probably more down to him thinking he didn't, he couldn't get the, the the player that he wanted to get in, and rather than bring a player in for say a player, bring a player in, he decided to keep with what what he's got. The trouble is, if you look at Bradshaw. You know, he, he he's, his game is more of a poacher. He's more of a you know fox in the box type player. He loves scoring goals. He's he's fairly dangerous in the six yard box. Although he was you know pretty terrible for the chance he had against Birmingham on that on that shot from Styles that he he should have put away, but. Since his knee injury, you can see he's he's lost a little bit of little bit of pace. He admits it himself. Yeah. Um Lee Lee's not the strongest, although he has got he has got better this season, I think, in trying to hold the ball up a bit more and lay, lay the ball off, but it's still not a strength of his, and you can see he really struggles. So again, you know, we are a little bit limited, not just in personnel, but also in the player we have got playing that position that is not really effective in that lone striker role. And you can see even in, in last few games, that's really kind of Shown through, and, and that's where we kind of lacking that kind of attacking um, end product, I guess. You know, um, the only saving grace is the games we're going to be playing against. And I think you mentioned it on your on your chat with chaps. You know, against teams now that are going to come forward, that are going to try and attack. They have to win the likes of Wigan, the likes of Blackpool, um, in order for them to stay up. Which hopefully should leave gaps. Uh, I mean. This might sort of take us nicely onto the um, the Wigan game now. We're going to look look forward, I guess, a little bit. But 
I mean, look at look at Wigan's results over the last sort of you know, nine, ten games since, since January, and they very rarely ship in goals. I mean, I'm quite yeah. surprised, really, that they're actually bottom of the table because you know they they, they had a decent result against Stoke uh, on Tuesday. I think, I think it was one 0 to Stoke. They beat QPR a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago at home one 0 and they've lost games like one 0 or they're drawn, you know, 0 0 with with Norwich and seems like so they don't really give much away. I mean, they are they are a very tough team to break down. They do play five at the back as well. Um, they're very com- competitive. They, they work hard as, as, as a unit, as a team. Mm-hmm. They've got a goal scorer with uh, Will Keane up front who scores uh, frequently for them. I think he scored like 12 or 13 goals this season. And for someone playing for a team that's bottom of the league and scoring 13 goals, you know, whether they rely heavily on it on him or, or not, it's irrelevant. He's scoring goals and he's, he's not a bad player scoring goals in a, in a team that's struggling. They don't create many, many chances. Although possession-wise, I think they're better with the ball than what Millwall are. Um, so I'm a little bit worried going into Saturday's game against Wigan because, A, I don't think they're going to give much away. B, they're probably a better passing side than Millwall are. So they're going to have the ball quite a little bit. Um, you know, see that they've got five at the back. So again, we've got the same situation where Bradshaw's going to be isolated with three big centre-backs, I'm guessing, you know. And I'll be honest with you, as much as we both need a win, I can only see really one outcome, and that's probably going to be a draw, whether it be a nil-nil draw, because both teams don't, are not scoring. I think they scored, you know, maybe sort of two or three goals in the last sort of six games. We've only scored a couple ourselves. Both teams defensively are pretty sound. So you, you kind of almost can see a nil-nil, you know, written all over this one. I mean, what's your thoughts on the Wigan game? Yeah, I, so, I mean, this goes back to the point I made earlier around there isn't much difference in a lot of the teams. No, so, and, that, and that's a bottom team, isn't it? Like that's you're the team at the bottom. Yeah. And, and, and don't get me wrong, yeah, they're foremost picked up since Noel Hunt's come in and, and, and ultimately the Colo Torre experiment has cost them. Yeah, to be honest. Um, so you know, but there, there isn't, there really isn't that much difference. Um, in terms of the game for us, I think that you're right. They're more usually, they're usually more like quite a reserved team, but they they can't be in this game. They've got no. to come at us. The only concern I've got is if they get the first goal, mm. and then. They like, right, we need to do everything we can to protect this lead. And we both know, mm. every single every single person watching this will know, we cannot break teams down that are pants mm. that just sit behind the ball. We've seen it with Hull, Huddersfield. I think, you know, Wigan when we Birmingham. played them before. Birmingham, constantly. Mm. So we, that's the problem that, that, that I have because mm. we just, if they get the first goal, I can see it being a very frustrating afternoon for us. Mm. However... If we get the first goal, or the longer the game goes on without a goal, they've got to come out. They've got to come at us. Yeah, um, and that I think that honestly, I've said it so many times this season, but that first goal is going to be mm. absolutely crucial. Mm. Um, Can I so, ask you a question, um, Chris? Sorry, you, you mentioned we mentioned earlier, didn't we, about lack of lack of strikers we have at the moment? Yeah, we, we we talked about how we struggle to create openings and chances, especially against lower positions, teams that, that defend well and we can't break them down. Um, quite often, what usually happens with Millwall is that Rowett will send um, Cooper up for the last you know, five minutes and we're hitting long balls up to him. We try and make things happen. But, but by this point, you know, the opposition team are ready for it. They've kind of got two players around them. You know, everyone's 
picking up the the second ball. You know, everyone's they're all defensive, and we just just hitting balls up in, into the box. And they're not really doing it much for us. How do you feel if if we were to change up the formation? Let's say I know we're at the sixty fifth minute. You know, we're one nil down. We need to attack them. How do you feel about maybe bringing on someone like I know George Evans? Let's say play him at the back alongside Hutchison, put Cooper up front. And that sounds really weird. Play Cooper up front alongside Bradshaw, kind of go 4-4-2, using Coops as, a, as, as the aerial target man, if you like, and Bradshaw running off him. So what I'm saying is we're not kind of going into the, right, let's throw everything by the kitchen sink into the box and let's hit these long balls in. Let's play off our football without the urgency of the last few minutes of the game left and actually almost play with a, a target man, a big target man that can win headers and, and flick, flick-ons to maybe Bradshaw or, or the wide players and almost change the formation to suit that. Because I just feel that, you know, and I can see it happen. I can see us going down 1-0. I can see us having all the possession, you know, trying to create lots of chances, you know, uh, 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 contribute to 20 shots on target, but again, not making the goalkeeper work or not making anything happen. So yeah. rather than wait till the last five minutes and then throw Cooper up front when they're all literally defending their, 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 their penalty box anyway, um, do we not go a little bit early with the Cooper up front thing and play a little bit more direct with sort of wingers, get crosses in and try and make things happen, knowing we've got plenty of time not on, you know, to, to play and we've got an aerial presence now in the box as well as Bradshaw, who could then sniff out the chances, hopefully, and pick up. Um, and what's your thoughts? It's just something that just occurred to us now. I know we sort of thought about this before, but just hear what you said just now and understand we have got a problem at the moment in, in, in striking. We ain't, we ain't got any strikers, we ain't got any forwards. Is that an option? Is that an option that, that A, as a Mill fan watching, okay, maybe the word happy is not the right word, but would you, you know, fairly pleased to sort of see that us play that kind of system, that kind of style of football for the last sort of 20, 30, 30 minutes if we desperately need a goal against Wigan? I am. I, um, I, 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 I No, but who cares? Who cares, mate? Right? Saying, yeah. I am. Um, so in, in, in the, my post match thing, I said that we don't have a plan B. And no. the, the lack of other striker limits us doing one of two things. And this is what I said. Mm. So I said, first one is bringing on another striker. The only person I think you could probably bring on is Mason Bennett because he did play mm. in a two up front with Jed, if you remember, yeah. the season before last. Mm. And then kind of almost just give them something else to think about in the box other than Bradshaw. You know, yeah. playing the way we're playing, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe bring Styles on to try and sort of cut the defence open. But give yeah. them something else to think about. That's one of option. The mm. second option is a Matt Smith type. Well, we don't have yeah. Matt Smith anymore, and we That's didn't right. address the big man in the in January or the summer. So your mm. only option is what you said. And mm. people can say what they want about George Evans, but one thing George Evans is good at, he's probably the best long-range passer in the club. Yeah. And right. we have done that a couple of times this season. We have brought George Evans on and put him mm. there to ping long balls in. I think he did that against Huddersfield, didn't he, from memory, when Rarick changed it towards the end. Remember, he brought him on yes. to play that kind of almost forced defender, a, a midfielder, but then put it, to kick those balls in and try and make things happen. Exactly. So, mm. yes, I, I, um, Cooper's very clumsy. He doesn't look like a striker. But <laughs> no. if we need a goal, why yeah. not? The only thing I will say is, I think Rowett is so cautious in his approach I genuinely think it would the scenario in him doing that as early on as 70 minutes, 75 minutes yeah. would be 
us to be losing and for him mm. to have checked the results and yeah. seen that us losing is is no is, that we need we need a win. I mean, we we need this game. A goal. Yeah. If we're drawing mm. or you know we're losing but everyone else is not winning around us, I think he's that cautious that he wouldn't do it. I mean, mm. you know, the the amount of times that um George Long uh what was the the, the game it was the Huddersfield game. George Long looked over at the bench. We had a corner in the last couple of minutes. Mm. He looked over at the bench yes. and said, oh, you know, shall I come up? And they said, no. Like, yeah, that's right. Obviously, he, he did against Birmingham, but yeah. this is what I'm saying. I really think it's very, very defensive, cautious mindset first, and then mm. only if we need to do this. Really desperate, yeah. Yeah. Having said that, one thing I will mm. say is, at Hull, he did... Was it Hull or Huddersfield? I can't remember. There was one of those games where we literally had five forwards on at one point. Yeah. So I think um, it was Huddersfield. I remember that game when we literally had everyone up front. But again, the point I'm making was like he, he did throw everything up front and it was like four or five forwards up there. But by that point, you almost got 11 players not defending your 18 yard box, almost defending your six yard box. Yeah. And they were just there making like, and they were trying to win the win headers. They were making life difficult for us. So there's just no space at all, you know. Everything that was getting pumped in the box was just getting thrown out, wasn't it? Because they were just literally just there defending for their lives, weren't they, pretty much? Yeah, and I think Huddersfield and Birmingham are two of the bigger, more physical sides in the league. I'm not mm. I'm not I'm not defending the 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 team or anything. I am it's just the fact they are. So yeah. if anyone's gonna be able to mop up and and, and keep keep that going, it's gonna be them. Mm. Blackpool and Wigan particularly Blackpool, they're not in that kind of physicality. So, no. and look, how nice would it be to relegate two teams in, in one week? Because that could event, could, that could really happen. So, I mean, that would be, that would be an amazing ending with the next sort of couple of games to, to sort of have that, you know, feat. But yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just me a war though, isn't it? We know what's going to happen. You know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a straightforward cutthroat as that. I think, in an ideal world, we should be going there. We should be winning that game quite comfortably. Let's be honest. We should be winning that yeah. two 0 you know, and and relegating them and and moving on to the next game. But I just think it's going to be a really really cagey affair. You know, both teams need to win. Don't offer a lot going forward. However, defensively, both teams are very very regimented. Very very good defense. There's one thing you can't knock them for. I mean, the only time I think they shipped in three goals. Um, was against Burnley, and I think they were down to ten men after about twenty minutes. Yeah, you know. So apart from that, if they ever lost, it's always been one nil. You know, and and they've really sort of worked, you know, hard to sort of you know to, to grind out draws and stuff. And let's be honest, that they're they're aware of Mill. They know what Mill were about as well. I was just looking at their Twitter feed earlier, in fact, and um, I just want to show something to you very very quickly because uh, it's just interesting. Their striker. Uh, a guy called Josh McGuinness was talking on their, uh, I guess, like their Wigan or their, their, what do they call it, Lat- Latix TV, I think they call it. Yeah. And it's interesting what you said. Yeah, you want to hear this? Um, I think what you said there is crucially not um, the fight. And uh, for anyone that's, that's, that's been around Millwall and, and sort of know their culture and what they're about, that, then fighting is what they do. You know, they've got fantastic footballers with, with an array of talent and, and, and technical ability. But their foundation is hard work and, and, and that's something minimum we're going to have to match on Saturday if 
if we stand a chance of winning. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a tough test, probably a different type of test than what we, we faced on Tuesday against Stoke, but one we're going to have to relish, you know. Um, the atmosphere at the DW has been fantastic and hopefully we can use that to drive us forward. So, you know, they're, they're, they're talking about us already. They know it's going to be a battle. They know it's going to be a tough game. They know we're physical. And when teams know we're, what we're about, they come with their their A game. They know they're going to be up for this one. They know that they're going to have to get a result against us and they're going to have to be physical. So it's going to be a real, real tough, tough, tough game. Um, and like I said, I hope I'm, I'm wrong. I really do. But I just can't see us winning this game. I just I, I hate being negative and I shouldn't be, but I just can't help it. I just feel we're either going to draw nil nil, win that losing one nil. And, um, you know, we, we, what, what more can I say? Yeah, it's, it's a bit depressing, really. I feel, I feel really sorry for our listeners. I'm going to cheer our audience up, Joe, by saying that I think we're going to win because oh, I, I'm usually very right. pessimistic, as you know. So yeah. the reason I think we'll win is because I agree with all the points you said. They're very defensive mindset that, you know, they're, they're, sorry, not defensive mindset. They're very... Hard to break down. Hard to break down. Yeah. But the difference is, Joe, they have to win. A they draw do. is no good they to do. them. But so, then, but then, but then we had to win, really, against Birmingham. We had to win against Hull. We had to get, you know, all these games. No matter how much you want to win. Yeah, but this really not, is their last chance. Like, it is. We, it is. You're right. The, the difference is, is we still had four, five, six. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not defending it. I'm just saying, fact, if they don't yeah. win this game, I am yeah. 90% certain they're down. So, do you, do you think with their win against Stoke would give them some almost hope that they can go, now they're at home against Millwall, we had a good result against Stoke, we're now playing Millwall at home, we should go on and win this game. And that mindset could be could be to our benefit, in the, like you said, they're going to have to attack us anyway, but the fact that they know they've got a result against Stoke away, they're now at home as a home team against Millwall, do they then go on the front foot, like you're saying, but they really kind of push push on? I mean, that could work for us or against us. We could be 2 nil down after 15 yeah. minutes, couldn't we, you know? Absolutely, mate. And all, all mm. you can say is there's pressure on both teams, but the pressure mm. is more so on them because, yeah. it's, it's as I say, they, they have to win. And the way I see in my little dream scenario going is that um, we'll get we'll get a goal. It won't mm. be pretty, but we'll go one nil up after sort of 20, 30 minutes. Um, they will then get an equaliser and it will be very sort of ding dong for the last 20 minutes, but we'll somehow wow. scrape through and win 2-1. Cool. But that is me being very optimistic and um, <laughs> I'm usually not. So um, well, I hope you're right. Um, obviously, you're very good at sort of, you know, other teams and other players. I mean, who's who's to watch at Wigan? Who should be sort of weary of? I mean, we all know about James McLean and that kind of pantomime bit and thing he's got going with me also. He's obviously going to be playing and I'm sure he'll, he'll want nothing more but stop us in our tracks going up. So there'll be a little bit of that going on as well. We mentioned about Will Keane being a good scorer. Is there anyone else there we should be sort of thinking or, or, or kind of watching out for that could be a bit of a four on our side, you think? Um, They haven't really got any stars, I would say. Um, mm. I was really impressed with, I think his name's Callum Lang. When yes, they played us at the den, um, and he had Murray Wallace in in um, in pieces. But yeah. I don't know. I can't sit here and say whether I've seen if he's been playing or if he's in in a lot of form recently. Yeah. Um, I've always thought Max Power was not a bad player. Um, yeah. I think he takes a lot of their set pieces, and he's a he's a he's a real sort of workhorse. Um, 
the uh, obviously the chap you played the video for, Josh McGuinness, he, um, I'm almost certain he was a goalkeeper for a long time. And oh, then I, I read that. Player, when he was at Watford, wasn't he? Yeah. Was he and he's, played, player? he's played for Cholton, he's played for Bolton, and obviously <laughs> Wigan now. And he's a lump and he's always up for a, but his yeah. technical ability is. Yeah. If you think Vogie's got no technical ability, you want to see Josh McGuinness. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, they would be the sort of players. There's no one else that stands out. I just personally mm. would would love to um, love to relegate our friend James McLean. Yeah. So on on paper, what you're saying is, would you say Mill were a better team on paper, like for like players? You know, I would, and and yeah, you know, we're better side. I, I would say that, and I, you yeah. know, I've. I've said a lot of times this season when we when we beat teams like Preston, Stoke, mm. um, I don't think there's much in the 11s. I really, really don't. And I think it's mm. ultimately down to the fact that we've got a very hardworking, honest, resilient group of players and a decent tactical manager. As long as you can put up with a crappy defensive play that he put, that he that he, he he gives us, yeah. But Wigan, I think there's, I think that we're we're definitely better than them on paper. And ultimately, okay. it will boil down to who. I say who wants it more. I don't think it will be that because I don't think our players will need. And, need and neither will theirs. Neither will Wigan. It'll, I think yeah. it will be down to a bit of luck and nerves. I really do. I really, yeah. really, really do. But yeah. look, look around the league, mate. You know, like look what happened on. You know, we all thought our season was over on Tuesday night, and then Wednesday, yeah. not one team won. So, but how often, sort of how often can we go on relying on other scores going our way? That's the thing. You could do it like one week, maybe even two. But, you know, we, we've only got three games left now. Um, Blackburn got a game hand over us as well. There's still teams that mathematically can jump us. I think like West Brom and, and others like that. So we, we, we need to start putting out some some wins, surely. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it, may, it may come down to the last game of the season. It could be a game against Blackburn where we have to win in order for us to, um, you know, to, to get to go into the playoffs. And, I'll be honest with you, I think if we're at home to Blackburn, I feel more confident playing Black Blackburn at home last game of the season than I do away to Wigan and away to, to Blackpool, if I'm honest. Only because we yeah. we do raise our games against these biggest, biggest, better, better teams, don't we? I'm I'm torn there because I agree we do raise our game against these bigger teams, mm. but at the same time, we've proven we're not that great when the pressure's on us. And mm. I'm not. I'm not saying the pressure's not on us going away to Wigan and Blackpool, but you look at our away form in the last fifteen matches. Mm. I think we've won something stupid like six or seven of our last away games. Our away form is brilliant at the moment. Our home yeah. form, we've won. I think I said it was four out of the last thirteen at home. Yeah. So Good. I don't know. And I think for the last two seasons, definitely, definitely last year. Um, Blackburn scored a last-minute equaliser. It was near the start of last season at home, um, yeah. and we, we we I don't think we've beaten Blackburn for a few years. So I don't know. I do think it will come down to the last game of the season. If I'm if I'm being really honest, I said before the um, I said before the loot. I think it was the, it was the Luton game. I said I think we need ten points between then and the end of the season, and that ten points needed to include wins against Preston and Blackburn. So, so far, we have four of those points with the draw against Luton and the win against Preston. So we need mm. six more. So I'm convinced 
we win against either Blackpool or Wigan, and then we beat Blackburn, mm. we will be in the playoffs. But what you don't want to do is lose against Wigan, knowing you've then got to get two wins out of two in your last mm. two games. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, what would your lineup be for Wigan, Joe? I'd really love to hear. Yeah, you know, based I mean, on what we've talked about. I, I think one thing's for certain: we need some changes. You know, I, um, it's, it's a tough one because we haven't been playing terribly, although we're not scoring goals. But we've been playing pretty okay. There seems to be a good understanding, good balance amongst amongst the team. We, we, we seem to be creating lots of chances over the last few games, but something's not quite working for us at the moment. Um, so I'll be, I'll be tempted to sort of change uh, players in, in, in lots of positions, really. So first first things first, um, for me, I think Bart needs to come in. Now, I've been, you know, sort of batting uh, Long's corner for, for all season. People have been saying Bart getting back in because I feel that Long hasn't done too much wrong in previous games. And... What he does, he, he brings the confidence to the defensive line. I think that we play better with Long in goal. He seems to kind of read situations better. He comes out his box better. His footwork is really good. We talk about his distribution being really good. However, he makes mistakes. And I'm not saying that he's at Jordan Archer um, le level just yet. <laughs> but he's probably made more mistakes than, than, than the things I've got on my hand at the moment. I mean, I, I've lost count of the amount of times he's, he's balls up or conceded goals where we feel, should he have got that? Should he have not got it? Whereas with Bart, you know, I could probably only count on one hand how many mistakes he's made. And not, not just this, you know, this season, I'm talking about you know, even previous seasons, you know, yes, he's human. And yes, he's going to make mistakes, Bart, but he doesn't seem to make it as frequent or, or as often as enough as, as Long does. So I think for this period, um, with the next three games, and let's hope and probably get to the playoffs, I will just feel a bit more comfortable with Bart in goal, knowing we've got a shot stopper there. Someone's going to rescue us and make these incredible saves um, and help us out. So we tend to get Bart back in goal. Um, so before you move on, yeah, um, and maybe what we should do is sort of do back and forth, like your goal yeah, and yeah, my yeah. goal and so on, so forth. Yeah, yeah. So um, my only question to you on Bart is... So I agree with everything you said, by the way. And um, I think Bart's a better keeper. Um, I don't necessarily see all of the hate for George Long. I don't think he's as bad as you say as like Archer and stuff like that. No, he's not, he's not that level, no. Whilst he's made mistakes, nine times out of ten, it's not a he's cost us this goal. It's a he should have done better with that. It's yeah. it's not like a do you know what I mean? It's not like he's let one for his legs or anything like that. Yeah. It's more of a case of I expect a championship goalie to save that. My only yeah. question to you on Bart is he's been out the side so long, mm. and I get the impression he is a bit of a confidence just through his interactions on Twitter. Picture the scene: all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. 
Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And stuff like that. Yeah. I get the impression he's a bit of a confidence person. Mm. How much of a risk do you think it is bringing him in from the cold in such a high-pressure situation? Yeah. So first things first, he's not a young rookie goalkeeper. Yeah, he's no. a very, very experienced goalkeeper. He's played hundreds of, of games at this level, championship level. Um, you know, he's a very mature, you know, strong-headed sort of uh, keeper. I think in some ways, I think this rest has probably done him the world of good physically, more so than mentally. Because we know he's had underlining sort of issues and, you know, his knees or whatever it's been. You know, and I think not having these competitive games... If anything, it's probably given him more time to heal, more time to recover. Um, hopefully that fire is in, he, in his belly still. You know, if he gets an opportunity to play for us, he wants to get back into that, in, in between those sticks and, and, and try and set a claim for being number one keeper again for us. So, um, answer to your question, I don't think mentally he'll be the slightest bit bothered. You know, I think all keepers are a bit crazy, aren't they? You know, they always say, to be a goalkeeper, you've got to be a bit, bit crazy. What, who wants to stand there and, and get shots thrown, kicked at them, balls hit them at, at every 100 miles per hour? So I think I think he'll be fine. I really do. I think if he, if he gets a chance of playing goal, I think he'll be absolutely fine. And uh, I think he'll do the job for us. I mean, like I said, forget about the negatives with Long. I mean, he has made some great saves for us. You know, and I'm talking about in recent weeks, not just this season. Had a good save on, on uh, Tuesday against Burnley. Yeah. You know, he 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 can he can do it. So yes, he makes a few little errors here and there sometimes, um, and you feel yeah could he have done better, blah blah blah. But he has also saved us some great, you know, um, goals that we, we, we prevent from from goals from going in because he does make these good saves. So he's not a terrible keeper. But I just think for for now we just need to get Bart in there and just almost kind of like have a bit more security, if you like, uh, at the back. How do you move on to um, the back four? I mean, is there a shout to kind of give Shaq a go at right back now and give Danny Matamara a bit of a rest? I mean, he's had a bit of a topsy sort of turvy time in the last sort of few games and people being not necessarily calling them out, but there's a few sort of disgruntled fans that are not too pleased with his performance. What do you make of that? Yeah, I, um, and I think that some of the criticism he's got is really unjust, if I'm being honest. Like, Do you he's... blame him for that goal against uh, Birmingham? So in my post-match thing, I sort of said that I felt the, the blame was sort of shared between a few different players. I thought Hutch mm. played a stupid ball forwards, then mm. came straight back. Danny Mac dives in. Um, don't know why Cooper then sort of goes to the floor and then why Long comes out. It's just a catalogue of errors. However, mm. if Danny Mac doesn't dive in, yeah. the whole thing doesn't happen. So yeah, I don't know. I think, again, it's not one of those ones where I'll go, that is solely Danny Mac's fault. No, but because I like you're saying, at that, at, that, at that point, you, you're pretty much near the halfway line anyway, when, when the player does. Was it Kedra? There's a lot that happens after that. Exactly. So, you know, he shouldn't take the blame. Yes, it kind of stems from him a little bit, but you're right. I think Cooper's got to do a lot, a lot better. Um, and, 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 and Long, you know, whether, whether it's, again, a bit of bad luck, you know, the ball kind of hits his, his side and, and, and goes into the goal. Um, there, there's definitely more than one person that's involved in that, you know. But going back to Danny Mack, what's mm. your what's your thoughts on him? Does he need to start again, or do you feel that it's now's the time to almost teach him a lesson, give him a break? What is it at the moment? Do you think? 
yeah, and um, my if I was Gary Rowett, I would I would want I'd want to know two things before making this decision, right? And let me let me explain myself. So I feel like I need to because I'm not just sitting on the fence for no reason. So I'd want to know whether or not, as a man manager, dropping Danny Mac would actually help or not. So. Again, this is how you know your players. If you think dropping them, taking them out of the side, taking away from the limelight is a good thing, or whether actually it's just going to ruin his confidence completely, mm. that, because in the day, is is our long, long-term right back. So I think that's one thing that needs to be considered. The second mm. thing is, I've seen an article today about Shackleton, and it, to me, the way I interpret it is, it all confirms he ain't going to be there next year. So mm. the person you would bring in would be Shackleton, but if there's absolutely no chance he's going to be there next year and you think about where his head's possibly at, mm. then you don't risk him. And maybe that's why he hasn't come in. I don't know. So mm. I, I, I'm I'm sitting on the fence. I, I, what, I don't what know. Is, what if, if I put it to you, that Shax has got one last chance to almost impress Rowett and try and get a contract for next season and therefore give him the opportunity, give him the chance to... To play and see what he does. I mean, we're playing against again. We're playing against a team that play five at the back with wing backs. So he's not exactly going to have any wingers to sort of deal with as such. I mean, yes, McLean will get forward, but ultimately McLean's job is also to, to defend. So isn't it better to have a fullback that's going to attack McLean and force him back, rather than having a defensive-minded fullback like Danny Mac, that yes, will deal with McLean if, if he comes at him, but how often is that going to happen? If that makes any sense, you know. Yeah. So I, I think I think they've both got qualities, Shaq and, and Danny Mac. But personally, despite all the, the mishaps and mistakes that Danny Mac's done in, in recent weeks, I still would probably pick him over Shackleton at right back for his defensive responsibility. Oh, 100%. I think one v one, you know, he is one one of the best. I think in the championship, I think I'll, I'll say as a fullback, so clever, so good the way he kind of positions his body and the time of his tackles, but. Going forward, I just think again we need to win and put them, yeah, put 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 it on them a little bit. I think we need someone like Shackleton, who I think is a lot more effective on the ball, especially going forward. And that would be my reason why I would probably pick Shackleton over Danny Mac for, for Saturday's game. You know? Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't disagree, and I think I'd probably go with the same back three on the left, and then bring mm. Shacks in. The only thing so I would say with Malone, of course, yeah. I'd, yeah, Malone. Uh, Wallace is out, but even if he wasn't, I'd keep Malone. But you wouldn't put Styles in there then. Not a left back, personally. No. Um, but I just want to, just before we come on to that, I want to touch on something else with Danny Mac. Yeah. Now, Ollie Burke seems to be the latest scapegoat um, amongst social media with with Millwall fans, and I, I'll be honest, I have to say, and it's not just because Rowett came out with this. I, I defended him on my post match when I did it a couple of days ago. I actually think his last couple of games he's been pretty good. To be honest, I do. And I, I think he warrants his place in the team. But what I would say is Danny Mac's form seems to coincide with Ollie Burke coming into the team mm. over George Honeyman. So is there anything in that? Is it is it the fact that Ollie Burke leaves him exposed or he's not quite mm. clicking with Ollie Burke? What, what's your view on that, Joe? Uh, I, I think that there's definitely some... Some kind of you know truth in that, um, you know, quite clearly George Honeyman does a lot more off the ball than Burke does. Um, everything from from his positioning sense, his tackling, 
he's pressing. Um, yeah, he, he certainly offers a lot, a lot more, uh, and it does help out Danny Mac immensely. Um, and that could be a contributing factor to maybe Danny Mac being a little bit isolated or a little bit, you know, uh, left, left, left alone at, at the times because he doesn't quite have the uh, the players going to kind of help out and double up on on the wingers like like, like George Hunting would do. So I think you're you're right. There could be there could be a, a, a possibility there as well. That being said, okay, we conceded a goal against Birmingham, um, but I don't think defensively is really the issue at the moment for us, is it? You know, the, the problem is not we're not leaking and conceding two or three goals a game. Uh, we're keeping clean sheets, and we occasionally we might ship one in uh, now and again. But the problem we we need the problem we need to address is is the attacking side. In the attacking third, yeah. and I think Burke offers more than George Honeyman, maybe as a bit of a threat. You know, he's a bit more direct, a bit more, you know, uh, a bit more attacking sort of presence, I guess, in some sort of ways. Now we have we're yet to kind of see him sort of contribute much with goals or assists. And to be fair to Honeyman, okay, he's played more games there, but he, he looks a bit more threatening in regards to his contribution in creating, you know, assists or maybe getting on a score sheet when he has done in the past. Um, so I think it's, it's a case of, at the moment, Burke is probably more what we need. If that means that Danimak's going to suffer a little bit defensively, I think that's the gamble we've got to play with at the moment. At the moment, okay. I think if, if both Honeyman and Burke were fit and available, I think I'll still be tempted to go with Burke, purely for the fact we need that bit more of an attacking presence. Um, and, it, you know, it, it, it is a little bit of Russian roulette, because like you say, he doesn't give us what Honeyman does defensively, but at the moment we've got to think about attack-wise and we need to kind of get up that other end of the field and make things happen and try and create and score more goals, don't we? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and I um I'm not saying I would change Burke. I'm just I just mm. thought it, it's an interesting trend that since he's mm. come in, it, it, Danny Max form seems to have dipped. But so moving on to before we move on to the midfield, mm. are we agreed with the back four or, or are you saying that you'd bring Styles in at left back? No. I mean, Styles will come back. Will come on to later. I mean, he's okay. fit to play. I they mean, agree although, with the back four. yeah, goalkeeper. Um, I'll just be different. I'll keep long. Okay, and obviously you've got Bart. For what though, reason? Out of curiosity, because I two two reasons. First one is no three reasons. I'll give you three. Why not? Okay. Uh, first one is. I still, as much as I can probably count at least half a dozen goals that we've conceded recently that I expect George Long to do better than, better with, sorry. Mm. I don't think any of them, you could go, that's your fault. 100% that is on you. So that's one reason. The second reason is, I don't know what Bart we'd be getting. Mm. And I get your your view is that he'd come back in, everything would be fine. I'm not convinced. So that's mm. the, the second reason. Um and then the third reason, I've completely forgotten. What was it? <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten my third reason. Yeah. But there was one. But you should have started with two, give us a bonus one. Yeah. No, there was one, but I've forgotten it. My memory okay. is absolutely shocking at the minute. So, you remember, come back, we'll come back to it. Yeah. So that's yeah. um that's that's where I the where I guess where we yeah. got a slight difference of opinion on that. But the back four were the same. Yeah. Holding midfield. Can we just gloss think, over that? Well, you, you like to think that's that's pretty kind of you know cemented in, isn't it? You know, in, in set in stone with regards to Savile Mitchell. 
you know, yes, you can make cases to bring Styles in there. And Styles did look pretty good when he came on against uh, Birmingham in that central midfield role for, for Sav. So it gives a bit more going forward, I felt. But I think as you set up, you know, to have Sav or Mitchell, they're, they're understanding. They've got a real good understanding between each other. It, it seems to work. We've got a good balance there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll be tempted to kind of keep it as it is. I wouldn't want to tinker too much with, with, with those two. Obviously, if either, either having a bad game or whatever it might be, then you want to change it, then, then, then fair play. But to start off, I think you've got to kind of go with them. They're, they're both two very experienced central midfielders now for us that play a lot of games together and have got good understanding. So um, I'll stick with that. I think the number 10, the attacking midfield role, I think, again, is another given. Fleming, I can't see anyone else. No. No? Really? No, 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 it's going to be controversial. So before we move on to number 10, um, agree with you with Billy Billy Mitchell and George Sav, and I actually think there won't be many better partnerships in that area in the division, to be honest. Um, My third reason for George Long, by the way, was the fact that, to your point, Ultimately, if we took our chances that we had in the Birmingham game, in the whole game, mm. then we'd have won the game regardless. It's not as though we're shipping two, three, four goals a game. No. It's one goal every other game or whatever. So yeah. I don't really think we've got a huge problem there. That was my that was my okay. third point. Yeah. Um, so going on to number... I'll tell you what, rather than telling me your number 10, tell me your front four, because I think that that might... Yeah, well, I know... You know, I wouldn't say it's the elephant in the room, but you know, Volksammer, that's your mate, that's my mate. Um, I'm sure he's a lovely guy, I really do. I can just, I can just see he's a lovely, <laughs> lovely guy, you know, and I'm sure he'll give you his last roll over. He had one, you know, and, and he'll do all, all the lovely things and he'll buy you his last yeah, exactly. But I just can't understand why he gets picked to start and play. I mean, yes, defensively trust. works hard, and yeah, maybe Rack trusts him and he, and he likes him. I mean, again, without sort of going over this again, you know, when we had that chat with Rowett, he mentioned, didn't he, about Fleming and, and Bogsam in particular, the two, not, not his two favourite players, but he, he kind of complimented them on their approach to football, their approach to the game, their professionalism, yes. how they trained, you know, everything they did. It was almost like they... He wanted he wanted the younger players to look up to these two guys, and he's got mm-hmm. he holds Volksam in very high esteem, and that's lovely, yeah, you because know, he, he sees them more than we do. We only see him on match days, don't we? You know, but I can only talk about what I see in match days, yeah. And for me, I just don't see enough from him. You know, yes, there's effort, and he did play a bit better. I think I think against um, Birmingham, yeah, you know, he, he put some tackles in, he did track back, he tried to. Clear a couple of chance, you know, clear, clear the ball away a couple of times, but it doesn't really add a lot of quality. It doesn't really create a lot of chances. It doesn't, you know, contribute much attack attacking wise, you know. And for that reason, I just feel a bit hesitant to sort of pick into play to start. Mm. I mean, he is really a squad player. He's there if God forbid we have an injury and he, and he comes in. And, 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 he, and, he, and he plays up top or whatever it might be, you know, but I don't think he should be starting. And I think there's other players that should be starting ahead of him. And luckily, when we've got one or two of these players coming back from injury, I, again, I think they deserve to be ahead of him to, to start. Well, then, so what's um, your what's your front four then? 
Well, again, it's very hard to sort of pick because we don't really know the levels of the players' fitness. I mean, these players talk about like the likes of Bennett, the likes of Bury, the likes of Stoles. They, they come back from injury, but are they 100%? You know, have they got 90 minutes and have they got 70 minutes and, you know, have they even got 60 minutes? We don't know. We don't know how, how fit they are, do we? But I think if everyone's fit to play, I think you've got to start with Bennett on the left-hand side over Volksama. Um, I will start with Burke on the right side. Now, I love I love SA. And, you know, for, for weeks and weeks and weeks, I'll probably get on your nerves. Everyone else knows about, you know, starting SA. And I really do think he should start. But I think... He is, he is a young 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 uh, young pup. Uh, I can see why Rout's a little bit reluctant to kind of start him in, in his games. And let's be honest, you you know at the moment he's an impact player, and when he does come on, he does make an impact. So he's doing what we need him to do. Um, and I'll probably be tempted to keep him on the bench for now. Uh, and we could talk about SA later. I'm sure we 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 we'll have a little debate on that. But um, I will go with Fleming still on the ten. Mm-hmm. I don't think Fleming's done. A lot wrong. Um, mm. Yes, he kind of blows hot and cold, and there are some games where you kind of question and you look back on what Fleming's done, and sometimes it's not a, not a lot. But I think he does enough, even when he doesn't play well. I think he does enough in in linking up play in, in the way he kind of lifts the rest of the team. You know, you see him kind of barking instructions and telling players where they should be, and, and kind of you know. And I think having him in that team in that number ten role is very effective. He still scores a lot of goals for us. Um, from that position, which gives us, you know, 14 goals we wouldn't have if it, was, if it wasn't for him playing for us at the moment. So I think you've got to have him in the team. You've got to have him in that number 10 role. And I would probably stick with with uh, Bradshaw up front as well. So that'd be my attacking four. How about yourself? Yep, yeah, no, I agree. agree. Um, so, um, my, so, so my four depends on who is fitter out of Styles and Bennett. That's right. what it depends on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and this is where I was going with, with, with Fleming. I actually think Fleming has been quite effective from the left. Mm-hmm. In the games where he's moved out to the left, he's been quite effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last couple of games, teams have done a job on him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the likes of uh, Huddersfield, Birmingham, they've done a job on him and he's, he's been quite ineffective. So I think mm-hmm. I, would, I wouldn't drop him. I'm not suggesting that for a second. No. But maybe shifting him to the left could be interesting. Yeah. Burke on the right, I, I genuinely think if you can't see that Burke has been one of our more effective players going forwards in the last few games, then I, I, mm. I think you're not seeing what he's can, can, I, can I just ask that, ask that? What When you say effective, I mean, I get, you know... When I, when I think of Burke, I think, what, what does he do well? I think, okay, he runs fast. Um, he's pretty good in the air. Doesn't always win the headers, but, yeah, his leap is, is really effective. And, you know, there are a couple of occasions in the game, probably two out of five headers he'll win, and he'll, he'll win them really well. Um, but I don't see him creating any clear-cut chances. I don't see him playing, like, key passes or... You know, yes, against a hole, he had a few chances to score where, where, where he didn't score, but he got in good positions for them, I guess, you could argue. But what, you, what you're saying there, mm-hmm. how would you validate that? Because really, the, the, the proof's in the pudding, and, and he hasn't really done much in regards to creating chances or scoring goals for us, has he? You know? So it, it depends. I mean, first of all, no one else has. So I no. think you, you can't just use that argument with Burke. 
the the kind of without getting all statistical and whatever on you, the sort of KPIs that I look at in terms of where I would say Burke has been effective. The mm. first one is yardage. He's the yeah. only player we've got in the team that can carry the ball up the pitch. And if and you stretch watch the game, stretch the defenders as well. Stretch the defenders. And if yeah, you watch that them. game back, you watch the game back uh, against Birmingham. He's yeah. the only player that did that. And he, yeah. he, he is able to take the ball and carry it 20 or 30 yards. Mm. We don't have anyone else in the team that does that. Mm. So that's the first thing. Mm. The second thing he did, and again, watching it back, there were two balls that he put into the box, which weren't showed on the extended highlights because they weren't a chance. But the reason they weren't a chance was because no bugger was actually anticipating it. They were right. two decent balls into good areas that flashed across the goal that if we had two in the middle or, or whatever, mm. um, they would have been more of a chance. So they're mm. the two reasons. He did put some decent balls in and he's a ball carrier. Plus, mm. yes, he quite clearly has doesn't have a football brain or much of a brain at all, if I'm being honest. But what he does have is pace and a physicality that does scare teams. Um, mm. I just think he offers something different. I really do. Mm. I... I and, yeah, no, I'll just leave it there. I'll leave it there. Mm. By the way, Joe, check the chat for me. Okay, sorry. Um, but um, so um, that would be, yeah, so, so just go back to the, the, the front four. So Burke on the right, Fleming on the left. Mm. This, now, this is assuming that Styles is fitter than Bennett. Right. Yeah. I would put Styles in the 10. And then Bradshaw up front. Now, the reason I put Styles in the 10 is because when he came on against Birmingham, um, and I said that I said that he should have come on at half time if he was fit, he's got that eye for a pass. He's got that ability to to just composure, like yeah. that technical ability to find passes and open mm. up. Plus, having him on the pitch, it deflects it all from Fleming because I mm. think that then they've got two players to think about that are actually equally quite technical. And mm. when I was um, having a chat with Mason Bennett and Duncan Watmore, um, they asked me they asked me a question, which I thought was really interesting. They said to me, um, I quote, is Zian Fleming the best player you've seen down here for the last X number of years? Is that something they asked you? They asked me that. And that was unprompted. Duncan mm. Watmore asked me that. So it wasn't a case of, Oh, you know, we rate Fleming. What do you? They asked that, mm, so therefore, mm. they, in their opinion, it must be obvious how good he is. Yeah. And I asked back. I was like, "Oh, is there anyone else in the in the team that you know has got those sort of levels?" And they both said, "Callum Styles is a serious, serious player. His technical really? ability is up there, like mm. with the best that they played with. And he's only like 22, 23. They couldn't get over yeah. him. So that is why I think Callum Styles offers a saint different. It detracts from Fleming." However, mm. I also totally get your argument. I am a massive Mason Bennett fan. And if he's fit, he has to start because he mm. is a game changer for, for, for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I just think with Bennett, you know, if, if he can stay fit, you know, and, and he doesn't go down injured, he offers us all the things that we're missing. He gives us pace. He's got determination. He's got drive. He's got power. Yeah, he, he, he can score goals. He can create chances. He can make things happen. Go back to your point very slightly with Styles. I do agree with you putting the number 10 because that, that one two he played with Fleming against yeah. uh, Birmingham and that shot he pinged from the edge of the box, he hit that with venom and it was it was hard, it was low to the point the keeper 
if you sort of, if you watch that, the replay of that, the kid makes his first save. I think the ball comes out and Bradshaw tries to shoot the river, but he's actually injured from the slightly injured from the first shot. Yeah. Styles, kind of wins him almost. Because as the ball's you know, flying, he kind of dies. It kind of hits his stomach almost, bounces off. But he actually wins with that power. And I'm, did, did Styles play for Barnsley before? Wasn't he at Barnsley, Styles? Technically, he still does. That's okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I remember their players talk about him before when he, when he left about how he loves to play a number 10 role, but they always thought he was better as a wing back, uh, as a defender. But that's where he sees himself, Styles. He wants to play the number 10, he enjoys that. And I just think, like you say, I think he can probably have the, the technical ability and the creativity to kind of open up and create things. Which is what, what we need, right? Yeah. We need, well, we, we, we are creating lots of chances, but they're very mm. samey. Mm. Chances, the types of the type we're creating, we just yeah. need someone to just open the defense up and yeah. pick a pass, find that I little think. slide rule pass. And again, I can't stress enough: people will figure out about Zian Fleming, and they already started to, right? So yeah. give them something else to think about, switch it up a little bit, you know, mm. start something a little bit different. Plus, Callum Styles now wears his socks halfway down his shin, so I'm expecting him to automatically become twice the player that he was. <laughs> is that a new thing? Is it you spot? Is it? Yeah, it, it, first time I've seen it against Birmingham. Not that oh, I like. It makes me sound like a right weirdo that I always look at people. So. <laughs> it's one of the things you notice it. Like Bradshaw's started doing it in, in your last year. Yeah, or so, so. yeah, yeah. I wonder what to do that for. One of us to do with their calves, maybe to give them more oxygen to their calves. I guess you see like players like Saka that you cut in their socks and Drew Bellingham. They do that to allow more ventilation. Like into the calf yeah. muscles, don't they? Yeah. Well, why don't they just build that into the sock? Like, you'd, you'd think, okay, yeah. it's like all the, all the players wear these sort of grip socks, don't they? Yeah. Like, why don't they I'm just sure, build it I'm into... sure there's probably are socks out there that have actually got these already made holes in the back of them, haven't they, to allow yeah. them to do that. Um, I'm just conscious we've gone over the hour mark. We've probably gone longer than, than we wanted to. So, to end it off, we're going to have a very, very quick debate on uh, Roman Essa. Now, I know the, uh, the fan base is almost kind of split here, I mean, probably I say split. I mean, I, I'd probably say more in favour for mm. um, SA to start. Am I right or, or wrong saying that? I, I would say so. That yeah, 60, 40, 70, 30 yeah. in favour of SA given a. I, I would say that. Now you're you're probably in favour um, of him not starting, where I've yep. always said that he should start. And I guess if I go first, mm-hmm. state my claim. And um, the point I'm making is. Okay, he comes on for five, ten minutes sometimes. Some of them come on, you know, for, for, for more, more than a few minutes, let's say, yeah? But the point I'm making is when he comes on for those ten minutes or so, five, ten minutes, he creates chances. Always a case. He'd always get one, two, maybe even three crosses in the box. Now, admittedly, they're not always inch-perfect crosses. They don't always go to, the, the you know, to, to where it needs to go to or... You know, and it, I'm not saying that they're hit and miss because, you know, that's, that's probably taking the piss a little bit out of him. You know, he does put some dangerous balls in, but sometimes they're kind of whipped in too hard. It's probably ahead of Bradshaw or it's over Bradshaw's head or, you know, it's not quite against the intended player. But the point I'm making is he's very, very good at creating space for himself to then put crosses in. And he does it very clever. He's got great feet and he does the old step overs and he rolls the ball and he kind of, you know, and quite often you, you see the defenders look at him thinking, oh, yeah, here we go. And then suddenly they double up on him. And it doesn't matter if there's two defenders on him or three players on him. He seems to find a way to sort of navigate or do something to create, even just half a yard, 
to ping a crossing. And I love that about him. I love that he's got that ability to do it. When you look at our other players, look at Vogsammer, Burke even, Honeymore, a few others, when they get in those 1v1 situations, nine times out of 10, and, and I hope you agree with me on this, they will play the ball backwards. If there's not a clear chance to get a, 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 a crossing, rather than try to take the player on, drop the shoulder, or try and make things happen, they will play the ball back to Danny Mack or play it to Mitchell and then try and work it again, you know, and, and try again. They just go backwards. And Whereas Essay's got the ball and he, he never for a second does he think, right, I'm going to play this ball back to Danny Mack or I'm going to play it back yeah. to Mitchell. He's got one thing and one thing only. I'm going to get that ball in the box. And he's there to take that player on. And I love that about it. And all, all I'm saying is, if he does that in a space of five or ten minutes at the end of the game, give him a start. Give him an opportunity to start, start the game. Now, I don't think he's got 90 minutes in his, in his locker. I really don't, because he hasn't built up that kind of fitness levels just yet at, in the Championship. You know, playing under-18s, or wherever it might be, under-21s, to then going to do 90 minutes in a, in a Championship game is very, very yeah. difficult. But at least give him a start. If you could get 60 minutes out of 65 minutes out of him, let's see what he can do. Um, he, he does track back. I know people say he doesn't track back enough, or he's, you know he's not as strong or disciplined as, as the other players are. And get back, but I have seen him get back, and I've seen him get back and make tackles, you know, crucial tackles, win the ball, and then almost start attacks again. You, I've seen him do that. I've seen him win, win tackles, and then literally make, make a transition, and then look to attack, counter attack on it. So I think it's a bit unfair people calling him out for his lack of defensive duties or the mindset of, of, of being defensive but for me I just think he's a raw talent that he needs minutes in order to develop and progress as a player and yes he's young and I'm not trying to compare him to the likes of Saccaruni, Bellingham because these are premiership you know standard players um, but you know if you're good enough um, you're old enough and if, if Rooney was given an opportunity to play for Everton back in the day and and again, these these are players at another level. I'm not trying comparisons to to SA. SA quality, but these guys are world class. I'm talking about lots of Rooney, Bellingham, Saka. But what yeah. I'm saying is, they were entrusted to play, and they weren't quite the finished article when they first started to play. If you look at the first few games of what Rooney played when Saka played, you know they weren't what they are today. But this, yeah. But what what I'm making is, they needed the game time in order to make mistakes, to improve, and to get better and to and to develop. You know, in 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 a, in a first team, and I just think SA needs the opportunity to show what he can do to to work out, make some you know make some mistakes if he, if he needs to in, in those final third areas. I don't think he's going to cost us defensively. I think you know let him play, let him build his his game, let him develop, and hopefully he'll create more for us. So that's my uh, my case for SA. <laughs> Over to All you. Right. Jess. All right, I'll give you mine now. Um, so. I, I want to start off by saying that any other scenario other than us going for promotion, I would agree to start him. Hmm. Um, so I just want to want to say that. And I also want to say I am a massive SA fan. This is not me saying it, that I'm not. And I said hmm. in my post-match that the amount of potential and talent this kid's got at 17, he could go on to be one of our best ever players, right? So I like him. I just want to make sure that's really clear. Where I disagree with you, though, is, first of all, I don't think he's got as much end product as you're saying. I think people are wanting to see it because they're wanting him to do well, as we all do. But factually, it's not there. Um, 
the there was one or two games where he did put some real dangerous balls in and no one gambled and no one capitalised. But the last two two times he's come on at home, so I'm talking about uh, Huddersfield and I'm talking about Preston. Yeah. Uh, not Preston, the, the two games we've lost where he's sort of okay. come on. I yeah. honestly don't think he's had much of an impact whatsoever. Uh, in mm. terms of, can he take people on and put a cross in? Yes. But are mm. those crosses quality and do they lead to anything? For me, not, not, not so much at the minute. Mm. Um, I agree with you about the attacking intent and the one thing in mind and I also agree with you that he can make mistakes. He's only 17. But mm. that is exactly why I wouldn't play him right now because mm. I do not think we can afford to take those sort of risks. Mm. Um, that's, a, that's, that one, that's, that's one point. So, so if you're saying, because that's what you said there, if, if we're a mid-table team at the moment, nothing to play for, you, you, you're saying you would start him? 100%. Okay. 100%. Mm. Um, because why not? You know, there's there's mm. there's there's no risk. There's it's, it's like an experiment in a way. Mm. The, the other couple of points I want to say is, um, and they're kind of related, him coming on, whether it's 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever, it doesn't matter. Him coming on in the situations he's coming on at is when the other team is tired because we've been pelting them for ages but can't break them down. And we are camped in their half. That is a very different scenario to starting a, a, a starting game where it's nil-nil, everything's equal, it's kind of a bit of chess back and forth, that kind of thing. Mm. I also think he's too lightweight at the moment. Your references to Rooney, Saka and Bellingham take quality away. They were all built instantly. He's very, very slight. So whilst I'm not... I actually do think his defensive work's okay. Maybe oh. Rooney... I'll say Drew Bellingham and Rooney were... Sacco, if you remember, wasn't quite built. I think he's become a lot more bigger, you know, built himself up now as he's got a bit yeah. older. And that's but... what Essay needs to do. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically, I think he's a great player. And I think any mm. other scenario other than the one that we're in, and if, mm. for example, if we lose against Wigan and the last two games, there's nothing to play for, I'd throw him straight in. But at this moment in time, I think it's too much pressure on the young lad. I would mm. certainly give him more than 10 minutes, 100%. Mm. I, di I don't mm. disagree there. Yeah. But I think at the moment, mm. um, not not quite for me to start. Can I ask you a question? Before Bennett came back, before um, Styles come back, Bury, when we and, and Honeyman was injured, when we only had Burke, Watmore, and Volksammer uh, available to play on the wings, would you not have put Essay ahead of Watmore or Volksammer? I'm talking like your know, last sort of two or three games. So, incident, coincidentally, the one game I said, why not give him a go, was at home to Preston. And then we ended up not playing really? him and winning 2-0. So, I don't think Birmingham was the right game for him because they mm. had two absolute tanks of fullbacks that he, for me, again, with his physicality, wasn't, wasn't mm. the right game. Um, and... The whole game before that, we did have, um, you know, Honeyman was available. What more was it? We had, we had more to choose from. Yeah. So it's it's, it's difficult. Um, but yeah, I mean, neither of us have put him in our starting lineup for Wigan. So I think, yeah, that, no, that's, that's it. it. And I like you. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm a massive SA fan as well. I think he's great, and I hope he has a long, long future with, with us, as long as we can keep him for. And I think he will be a, a real player for us one day. 
Um, but given the fact we've got more players available that come out from injury, I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I wouldn't I wouldn't start him. Uh, certainly wouldn't, wouldn't start him against Wigan. And uh, depending how the rest of the season goes, I think I'll just keep him as an impact player at the moment so he comes off the bench. You know, and let's ask that question. So, to if you've managed to still yeah. listen to us 113 minutes in, this, this sorry, proves in. this proves whether people are actually still here listening and not yeah, being bored. That, that Interesting how many are still so, here. So, if you guess, are here, comment, yeah, yeah, listeners, comment. So, like, if you're and, and I, I tell you, what, I keep it simple, just answer this one question Would you start him against Wigan? Yeah, that's the the, the one question I'd, I'd be asking. So, yeah. although Joe and I have got slightly different opinions on him, we're both saying no. What is your view? Give, give us give us your thoughts in uh, in the chat. Um, and we'll close it out there, Joe. Any sort of final comments? Uh, yeah. I tell you what, give us your prediction for Wigan because I've already said two one. What, what's your yeah? Prediction? I, 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 I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's going to be nil nil. Um, I said both both teams don't concede a lot. Both teams don't score a lot. Um, and I just think it's going to be. A tough, a tough, tough game for us, and uh, yeah, I, I just can't see us um, winning it. Unfortunately, you know, I say I hope I'm wrong, but that's just my, my gut feeling. I speak, for, I speak for every single Millwall fan. We all hope you're wrong. So um, yeah, I hope I'm wrong as well. Uh, but yeah, what's your all prediction? Right. You're saying two one, yeah? Two one, yeah. Cool. I'm, um, I hope you're right. I'm, um, I'm confident. I'm not going to the weekend game, but we're. We're both going to Blackpool, aren't we? We're both going to Blackpool. So uh, hopefully we, we're going nothing there. Else, if, if, if there's nothing else to play for when we play Blackpool. Let's go have an ice cream on the pier, couldn't we? Have they got a pier in Blackpool still, have they? Yeah, I think so. They must uh, have, yeah. We'll find out. We'll find out. Exactly. All right. Well, All thanks, right. Joe. And thank you, everyone, for, for tuning in. And, um, yeah, we'll um, roll on Wigan away. Fingers crossed. Cheers. Bye for now. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.